guys, guys, guys. Okay, so I know this is a horror podcast, but but as a lot of you know, I am a Metro Detroiter, and my Detroit Lions just won a playoff game. First time in my lifetime. I am so excited. It is, whoa, whoa. I am over the moon. It is so much fun. I can't wait for the, I can't wait for this coming week. Go Lions. Uh, I actually, it was a lot of fun because I went to a watch party with a bunch of my friends and included uh, previous guests of the show, Doug Lemelin, Lisa Petersmark, John Owens, who they've been on the show. Uh, John was just last week, actually. So that was a lot of fun to have a bunch of Would You Die people. And then we got to see the Detroit Lions win a playoff game. First time in Ford Field. First time in our lifetime. It was so awesome. And, you know... There's not that many things that get me this excited anymore. Something that does get me really excited is every time I get in the mail the latest issue of Fangoria. That's right. One of the premier brands in horror, Fangoria has been delivering quality magazines since 1979. Each collectible issue features exclusive articles about your favorite monsters as well as up-and-coming terrors. Be sure to check out the Fangoria store website for subscriptions and a bunch of cool merch. And while you're there, use promo code WOULDYOUDIESHOW for 20% off your entire order. That's right, 20% off your entire order. Applies to subscription and one-time orders. Applies to the first subscription order only. Now, let's talk about some of the best horror books from 2023. And go Lions! Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Have you ever felt a knife cut through human flesh and scraped a bone beneath? You're gonna need a bigger boat. Be my victim. You are all my children now. Hello, my name is Austin Torres, and welcome to the Would You Die podcast, the show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. Today, I am joined once again by one of my favorite returning guests. It's actually her first time returning, but I'm pretty sure this is going to be an annual thing because we had such a good time doing this last year. It just happened to be a whole year since we're doing this again. Please welcome back my friend, bookseller, podcaster. She's the host of the Laydown Podcast, Ryan Elizabeth Clark. Hello! Welcome back. Ah, uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I love bringing friends back onto well, friends that I've made through the podcast to the <laughs> podcast. Yeah. And I uh we were talking a little bit before we started recording. I don't know if I intentionally waited a year. I don't <laughs> think I did, but I think it kind of just worked out that way. <laughs> You know, I think I think it works. I think doing like an annual recap of the previous year's horror books, which is what I'm planning on. I, I think that I think it works. I think it just makes sense. <laughs> exactly. And like I usually talk horror movies, mm -hmm. which, you know, yeah, I love movie. Most people 
enjoy movies. Which I also love. <laughs> yeah. But it's very rare I get to talk about books, especially on this show. Yeah. So any excuse I can to like learn more because it's funny. Uh, my mom, she loved the episode you were on. Oh. Uh, and she, uh, she got so many books from that episode. She was like, when's Ryan coming back? Oh, when, and I'm like, well, I'll make it work. Trust me. And this one's for you, mom. Oh, hi, mama. That's great. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm stoked because there was so, so much good horror that came out in the year since, since we've recorded. And I will say, like, obviously disclaimer off the top, a lot more horror came out than I read. <laughs> so the, if I don't talk about something and you're like, you know, your listeners are like, I can't believe she didn't talk about insert book here. It it might just be because I didn't read it yet. It's not that I didn't love it. I'll get to it probably. And <laughs> um and uh and I will also say that um I I think I had already created my little uh curated horror page last year, but just in case anything I talk about here, you can find at gibsonsbookstore.com slash horror. It's a it's a little curated list that I try to update fairly frequently. Um, so again, if there's something that I didn't mention here, it's it might also it might just be on that list and I just either haven't read it or it wasn't in the bookstore, so I forgot it existed. <laughs> And if you guys, uh, if you guys need, I will have that link in the show description as well, so you guys can click on that at your own leisure, or you could just rewind and hear Ryan <laughs> say it again. But you, you got options in case yeah. you forgot that link already. Which I, I'm the type of person that does that, so I need the. Totally. If someone has a link for me, it makes my life so much easier. So. Same. I'm going to do, I'll do that for y'all, but yeah, let's get into it. What, what book has the honor of being recommended first? Ooh, that is a great question. All right. I'm going to start with my favorite book of 2023. It was, it was, all right. It was a tight race. I loved a lot of books in 2023, but there was only one book that I have read four times uh, since I got a, a bound manuscript in October of 2022. And uh, and that is How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix. Good God, this book. <laughs> I, I, this book is why it's, it's, it's family drama. It's childhood trauma. It's, it's secrets. It's, siblings reconnecting and fighting and reconnecting and it's haunted puppets i mean it's everything it's everything you could <laughs> ever want it's creepy children this book uh so the first time i read it i was uh i was going to be introducing grady hendrix at a conference and so they sent me a super, super, super early manuscript. Like it was literally just like a PDF. Like it wasn't even bound or anything at that point. And so because of that, it didn't have, like it didn't tell me how far into the book I was. I had no mm -hmm. idea. And I read it in one sitting and I got to a point where I was like, ah, 
I've reached like the end. I'm like close to the epilogue, right? You can feel things kind of wrapping up happily ever after. Great. They like defeated the big bad. This is awesome. And then I got to the next page and there was, there was a word. There was one word that made me literally scream and I threw my iPad. (laughs) And that doesn't happen often, but uh, turns out I was only two thirds of the way through the book. (laughs) I, yeah, 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 yeah. This book gets better every time I read it. It is. Oh, nice. Oh, it is excellent, especially like knowing what I know now about all the characters and the story beats and everything, then going back and and reading it, knowing what's about to happen is just so delicious. I love this book. And to uh, anyone who has read it, uh, Pupkin is just my favorite character. Hands down. I, I adore that creepy little puppet. He's so scary and I love him. Um, so yeah, How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix. I've read it four times. I had him as a guest on my podcast. He's just the best. Grady is just the best human. I love him. Um, That's awesome. And that book, that book rocks. It's so good. I would say like I last time I know that I recommended Horror Store by Grady Hendrix. And this, I feel like, goes back to Grady's Horror Store roots in that it's like, a little bit funny, a little bit absurdist, but very scary and like scarier than you think it's going to be. I know that some of his books are, he's he's kind of a hit or miss author. You either love his writing style or you're like, it's not for me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I see that a lot in like the horror groups. People are like, I hate Grady Hendrix. And everyone else is like, what are you talking about? But it's, <laughs> you know, no. Not everything is for everyone. The world would be super boring if we all loved the same things. Um, but if if you loved Horror Store, you will love How to Sell a Haunted House. I will say that. Um, so there's that. Gosh, what next? All right, next, I'm going to do a twofer, sort of. Ooh. So, all right. <laughs> you wouldn't think these two books would go together. And and yet, somehow, some way, we made this happen. <laughs> I manifested an author event at Gibson's bookstore. It was years in the making. And I and I just through sheer, I don't know, tenacity and stubbornness and lack of chill, uh <laughs> somehow I got my dream event of Chuck Wendig and Clay McLeod Chapman together in conversation with Chuck Wendig's Black River Orchard and Clay McLeod Chapman's What Kind of Mother. One of these books is about evil apples. The other one is about haunted crabs. Together, it was the crab apple event. (laughs) And let me tell you, we leaned all the way in to that theming and promotion it was delightful and and we and like we're again like you would not think their books would have anything in common and yet their conversation was amazing and we found lots of parallels between their books and like it was incredible um so let's talk about these books i'll start with black river orchard uh by chuck wendig evil apples i i mean 
you could stop there, really, because who doesn't <laughs> love an evil apple, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So the the basic premise of this book, the way I describe it to people, is imagine there's an apple and it is the, oh, it's the greatest apple you've ever had in your life. It's delicious. It's It tastes like no apple you've ever had before. It's sweet. It's juicy. It's like, it's perfect. And then on top of that, it's like making you better in every possible way, right? It's like, it's like clearing up your skin. It's healing old wounds, like scars are disappearing. And also like your eyesight is getting better and like you're doing better in school and like just like your life is going perfectly. What could possibly go wrong? (laughs) (laughs) This book is, uh, it's, it's culty. It's got tons of spectacular body horror. It has, it has like old school, like fairy tale vibes almost, but set in a very modern day setting, um, it has it has family drama again horror loves family drama we love pitting family against each other uh so it's got family <laughs> drama it's got like small town drama as well which is really fun to dig into that like neighbor against neighbor it also has a ton of apple history some of which is very real actual apple history <laughs> which i was like I didn't know I cared so much about the history of like Johnny Appleseed, but here we go. It's awesome. I I think I said this last time too, but I will always, always, always recommend Chuck Wendig books to Stephen King fans because Chuck Wendig has a very similar writing style. He does the same like huge scope tons of characters like the humans are often are like scarier than the monsters right like human nature is so much more terrifying than the monster you know lots of plot lines that are intersecting um but but he does endings really really well in and Stephen King we love him but we all know he kind of he kind of struggles with the endings sometimes they they go a little <laughs> off the rails um, he's admitted it himself you he know knows. He, he, he's, he's very well himself. aware um yeah. and chuck wendig's endings are beautiful and perfect and he ties everything up into perfect little knots and uh it's incredible so whenever i have someone coming in and they're buying a book for someone else or themselves and they're just staring at the Stephen King books and they just have this like lost expression on their face because either they don't know which Stephen King books the person they're buying for hasn't read yet. Like they're like, I don't, I don't know. Or they've read everything and they don't know what to do next. I always hand them a Chuck Wendig book because he's a perfect next step. Or if you've never read Stephen King and you don't care to read Stephen King, like you'll still you'll love Chuck Wendig because he's he's very accessible and uh, his books are so visceral and scary and he's great. I just I adore him. And he's also that, a really nice guy. <laughs> that that's something I uh, I've noticed is a lot of horror people are super nice. Oh my God. Literally, it's the nicest community of people. Like, I think looking at my stack of books, I have 
met probably 90% of these people and they are all absolutely wonderful humans. Like they're just, I love the horror community. They're so nice. They get all the dark stuff out on the page and then they just, what remains is delightful. (laughs) Exactly. Before we move on to the crab um, portion (laughs) of one of the best pun name events I've ever heard. um, (laughs) I mean, people listening couldn't tell, but I teared up a little bit because (laughs) that made me laugh really hard. (laughs) I took all my willpower to like stop laughing because I missed a little bit of what you said after it made me laugh really hard and like oh my god I gotta I gotta get back in the game I gotta but Amazing. uh make myself laugh again but uh <laughs> through because of that because but I gotta tell you a story really real quick yeah I mean it's Austin it's Ryan we're going on tangents of course that's, that's what happens when would you die and the lay down podcast crossover we got to go on our tangents, but talking about apples, it'll always bring me back to college, specifically my time in the marching band, mm-hmm. because I went to I went to Michigan State University and I was in the Spartan marching band. And that's a very big football school, mm-hmm. which means my Saturdays were consumed by football and doing band stuff and I mean, that's, I love, I love doing marching band. And um, when I was going to school, we were good. So (laughs) um, that helps. But I remember specifically after every halftime performance, because these are big of, I mean, football games for listeners. um, I don't want to make any assumptions, but I'm assuming a lot of my listeners aren't big sports fans and that is fine. Uh, a lot of us are, and some of us aren't, and that's cool. But just in case you're listening and you don't know, football games wait take way too long, especially mm. college football games. For whatever, re- like commercial TV breaks or whatever. So after halftime, we're there at least two and a half hours already. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't include our morning practice, our march to the stadium, our oh. warm-ups, uh, pre-game like these are very long days and there's not a lot of opportunities to eat right so yep. and this is a big this is a massive band it's 300 people easy like the 300 spartans like anyway <laughs> anyways uh whenever i think of an apple i like can't have apples anymore because it takes me back to the band section of spartan stadium because they would feed us apples and a bottle of water and like a a granola bar after every halftime show and and when you were talking about the perfect apple my brain just went straight to (laughs) oh you mean a normal apple after i dusted (laughs) a halftime show performance and i'm like tired and hungry beyond my out of my mind but you know when that is a perfect apple like our you know Mm -hmm. so (laughs) so yeah you uh you you just uh, brought me back gave I me some that. gave me some memories um so crabs crabs okay <laughs> what kind of mother by clay mcleod chapman is best described as someone took a a nicholas sparks book and drowned it in a river oh no <laughs> <laughs> It, it it starts with 
kind of a, a homecoming and a and a you know reconnection between you know like high school sweethearts main character has returned to her hometown and she's she's kind of trying to trying to make a living um as a palm reader you know kind of like telling the future and stuff but like just as she's just making a couple bucks like she's not she's not like a psychic she's just you know doing palm readings and she bumps into her ex who she hasn't seen in years and he it like turns out you know she hears from like the local old old ladies who are gossiping that um he has a missing child and um this missing child basically destroyed his marriage they couldn't be together anymore because there was so much grief and like he couldn't let go the child's been missing long enough that everyone in town is like we think the child is no more but he he can't let go he's still looking for this kid and um so he's not doing so hot um and she is talking to him and kind of half joking offers to read his palm and he's like oh whatever and like he puts his hand in hers and she has an actual real vision and she's like your kid is alive i'm gonna help you find him that's how it starts (laughs) and you'll go about half the novel and you're just like they're reconnecting they're kind of falling in love again she has a kid they're looking for his kid and you're just like oh it's kind of just like a slightly creepy but mostly just like a a a missing child search and like rekindling love and and then clay just flips the script on you and just pushes you into the river and starts to drown you and crabs show up and everything is terrifying and what the fuck that's i it i don't even know how to describe the second half of this book it is just horror (laughs) it is horror and grief and trauma and just terror (laughs) it's so buck wild i'm trying to think of a horror movie that we can relate this to and i'm sure there's a bunch that i'm not thinking about at all it is unhinged (laughs) Because, like, I, I'm thinking of unhinged horror movies, but they're pretty unhinged from the get-go. Yeah. And then and I'm also one... thinking of... Sorry. No, I mean, like, this one is just... Yeah. You go you go the first half and you think you know where it's going. You don't know where it's going. <laughs> Maybe 2022's Barbarian? Could be I a cinematic could equivalent? I could, yeah, yeah. Or, or yep, maybe 2021's a... Malignant? Mm-hmm. Either of those in that, like, totally flipping the script, that could work. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's wild. It's a wild ride. Maybe maybe if we go way back in the 80s and you see Predator for the first time and <laughs> you don't know at all what that's about. Because that's like, a you think yeah. you're going in for a generic Arnold, Carl Weathers action movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as surprising today because that's a whole franchise and, right. you know. But that but first time. That, if you don't know it's an alien slasher movie, you're not going to see that coming. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Highly recommend What Kind of Mother by Clay McLeod Chapman. It's bananas. It's bananas. <laughs> it's-, I, it's not apples. 
is not apples. It is crabs. <laughs> I, I love yeah. that so much. Oh, God, it's so good. Let's do another Buckwild one. Um, Mayfly by CJ Lead is so much fun. It is, um, okay, our main character is Disneyland's Elsa by day, serial killer by night. Like, okay, I got it. Like Disneyland's Elsa, like just uh like literally she plays Elsa in Disneyland. Like she's a okay. costumed character in Disneyland. Costume character. That's what and I then was goes trying home to and articulate. Murders people. Gotcha. That's <laughs> amazing. Up. It's so good. That it's is so good. You know, I met Elsa at Disney World a couple of years ago, like 2017. That was the last mm-hmm. time I've been to Disney World, which a little tangent. I'm kind of annoyed I haven't been there since 2017 because I really mm-hmm. want to go to um what's it called? Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh that, no, the Star Wars the one? Galaxy's Edge. Galaxy's Edge. It's so good. I love Star Wars. It's so good. Yeah, I literally spent yeah, tangent time. I go to Disney yes. like every other year. Um nice. I literally we scheduled a whole um day where we were just in Galaxy's Edge for 8 hours. And that could be I me spent, so easy. Oh my God. We ate at every single Star Wars themed restaurant. We tried all the snacks. I literally for like an hour just sat on a wall and like ate my little Star Wars popcorn and just people watched. And like, it was so, it was so cool. It was, it's so immersive like, you know, Ray and Chewie walked by mm-hmm. at one point and just like kind of waved and kept going. And like stormtroopers are just like wandering around. Like it's it's so good and the rides are amazing. And yeah, I and you, I love it. You can go to the cantina, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, that's we went to all Ovis I cantina. Want. It's amazing. That's, I just want to go to the cantina get drunk on blue milk or whatever they have. I have no clue. Mm -hmm. They Um, have a whole cocktail menu. It's great. (laughs) And do they have like aliens sitting in there? Um, they have, they have an alien DJ. (laughs) I'll take it. A win's a win. I think he's, he might be a droid DJ. Now that I'm thinking about it, he might be a droid. Um, but, uh, they have the servers will, uh, yell to each other in different star wars languages and stuff oh, that's cool um and uh shout out to our server his name was fam i don't i i need to i need to like track him down he's the greatest server i've ever had ever hands down like i adore him so i don't know fam if you're listening hi you're the best uh he was awesome it's yeah Ogus cantina is super super fun the drinks were great. The The snacks were great. All of the restaurants in Galaxy's Edge are just 10 out of 10. They're so, so, so good. The theming is at, <laughs> out of this world. <laughs> Ayo! <laughs> yeah, no, it is, it is really, really cool. And what's fun is that, like, you don't have to be huge into Star Wars to appreciate it. The last time we went, we had my kids with us and they're too young to have seen Star Wars yet. They were uh, mm-hmm. t- one and three at the time, one and four at the time. And and even they were like, like my oldest was just like, wow, 
Like she was just totally amazed by everything, like was so into it. And uh, yeah, so like even for the non-Star Wars people, it's worth it just to like go in and just like immerse yourself in the theming for a little bit because yeah. it looks amazing. The, it sounds like it literally feels like you are stepping onto another planet. Like you walk through a tunnel to get there. Like it's, it, you so can't cool. see any, Disney's so good about separating out their sections so that you can't see a different section from where you are. And like, yeah. it's so immersive. And they really use like force perspective mm-hmm. really well. Cause I've, yeah. um, I've been there. It was mm-hmm. years ago. Like 20, like I said, 2017 was the last yeah. time I was there in like, I'm thinking about the Mount Everest ride. Yeah. Which is, yeah an amazing ride but mm-hmm. like it it looks like a super tall mountain but mm-hmm. like i i saw like a video or something or maybe i read it it's not as tall as it makes you feel it is yeah like it's not a big structure Mm-mm. but it yep. looks humongous yeah yeah they're so good at that yeah no i galaxy is just awesome <laughs> i i always get equal parts so excited for my friends and equal parts actually maybe more parts extremely jealous Mm -hmm. yeah it's like i'm happy for you but i'd rather be happy for me (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad that you're there but i'd i want to switch with you i want to be there i mean i feel that way and i go like i said like every other year i'm there and and i'm still i see friends planning trips and i'm like but that could be me (laughs) it exactly i exactly so yeah my boy, um, so, uh, Pedro, yeah. if you're listening, Pedro Pascal, get me, get me a ticket. I'll help Pick promote. Up. I'll help promote the new Mandalorian movie or whatever. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, for all of the Disney adults out there who also love horror, Mayfly is for you. That sounds really <laughs> fun, though. It's, it's great, and she is. She's diabolical, <laughs> and she yes. gets creative. There's, yep. She's great. It's it's great. I love Mayfly and I can't wait. I think this is CJ Leeds' debut and I cannot wait oh, to wow. see what else she does because good God, this book is amazing. Let's do a couple other female authors while I'm while I'm here. A cute little short one, uh Bloom by Delilah S. Dawson. This is I guess a novella. It's like I don't know, 200 pages maybe. Let's see. Yeah, 200 exactly. And this book is like if Hannibal was a lesbian. <laughs> Honestly, that's you know like like Hannibal uh that's a, that's a good yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it 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 has very cool like witchy cottage core vibes like very okay. kind of like earth like down to earth super chill like we're meeting at a farmer's market there's really good cupcakes what have you the two main characters meet and strike up a friendship and then more and it's all going great and we're ignoring the red flags until the cannibalism starts <laughs> speaking of red flags (laughs) it is fantastic and literally i was chatting with delilah about this book and she was like i wrote it almost out of spite because um her i believe it was her 
stepdaughter. It was either her daughter or her stepdaughter. I can't, I can't recall which at the time. Um, and uh, was they were watching the show Hannibal, and she was complaining that all of the best serial killers are men. Like she just like in the moment was like, oh, why are all the good ones guys? And Delilah was like, I'm gonna write a book for you. <laughs> so right. she wrote Hannibal for queer women. Is is great. It's so good. Super good. Super short read. Really fun. Some good body horror and uh, just like excellent vibes. And then we're going to talk about my girl, Rachel Harrison, who I talked about last time on the podcast. Her new one is called Black Sheep. And I'm going to keep it a little bit vague because I like like this book, discovering all of the little twists and turns along the way. Even the really early ones are just Mm -hmm. so good. It's just so good. So all I will say about this one is um, that there is a woman returning to her family's home after she has left and gone no contact for a really long time because her family is part of this like very extremist religious cult kind of scenario um and she left and has and was like basically excommunicated but then she gets a wedding invitation from her cousin and her cousin is marrying her ex and she's like excuse me and so she shows up just to be petty like she's like i will literally break my no contact rule just out of spite like just to be petty and so she goes back home and just gets caught up in in everything again um her mom is a a former scream queen um and so there's like this really cool aspect of like you know she walks in the house and there's all these like props from her mom's old horror movies and there's like movie posters on the wall and stuff like really cool memorabilia and she's just like (laughs) (laughs) um but it is it is great and that's all i'll say about it and uh i just highly highly recommend it it is so good and if like you were raised by narcissist and or have religious trauma this book is for you (laughs) so good i feel like Um, a lot of people listening to this podcast this book is for you not to make assumptions i've so far made two assumptions about my listeners you Even know? though I know for a fact a lot of them are sports fans, and I still made that assumption. <laughs> it's all good, you know? It's all good. Another one that I really, really loved, this book is called The Reformatory by Tana Du. And to think about my pronunciation, I was pronouncing it wrong for a really long time, and then I heard her on a podcast, and I was like, oh, dang it. Um, so it's Tana Du, The Reformatory. Mm-hmm. This book is so tense it's so tightly wound that Mm -hmm. i literally had a panic attack while i was reading it oh wow yeah like i i i was like i was listening to the audiobook and i was driving to work and i like all right great like got to work i came into the bookstore and realized i was like standing just kind of in the bookstore and realized that my heart was beating super super fast and like my hands were really sweaty and i was like what's going on and I realized that I was like I was like having a panic attack because I'd been thinking about the book it is so spooky it's a ghost story set in this it's it's historical horror and I and I cannot remember what year uh it's taking place uh, 1950 it's happening in okay. 1950 
um, in Gracetown, Florida. And there's this like school for boys and, but it's not like a good school for boys. It's like, Mm. like one of the main characters, the main kid, he is, he's a black boy and he gets arrested for literally kicking the shin of a white guy and he's arrested and sent to this reformatory like no no justice like no and so Mm -hmm. like the first chunk of the book and actually like large swaths of the book really examine the justice system and and how unfair it is for black folks but particularly in 1950s in the south and so this poor kid gets sent to this school and his uh sister is like hiring a lawyer like she's like fighting from fighting the courts basically through the whole book and while he's there he is seeing ghosts and like being horrifically abused and witnessing other people be horrifically abused and like learning about the history of this school for boys where these white men were just getting away with literally whatever they wanted to because it was a bunch of black kids and they were white men and so they could do whatever they wanted Mm. it is so it's so upsetting but it is so tightly written and so I don't even know the word like I just it was so tense the whole Mm -hmm. time and even when I like I figured out like a twist even knowing the twist before the character, like I was still just like everything in me was coiled really, really tightly. And just, yeah, it, um, it really doesn't let up <laughs> you, oh, no. right from the start. You start it and you're just like, Oh, everything is awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, my! <laughs> it's fantastic. I really, really highly recommend it. Tannen Reeve do is an absolutely incredible writer and i i yeah it's if you're looking for some black horror dear god pick up the reformatory oh my god and jumping right off of that i would be remiss if i did not shout out the jordan peele anthology that he edited it's called out there screaming and it is an anthology of new black horror it is edited by jordan peele he does not write he doesn't have a story in the anthology but he put it all together he's the one who like reached out to the best black horror writers writing right now and was like write me some black horror and that was like the entire parameter they could run with that in whatever direction they wanted to um that's awesome it's so good and Tannen Reeve has a story in Out There Screaming, which is how I discovered her and which is why I read the reformatory I love when people do because Jordan Peele might be one of the biggest names working in horror today yeah not might be he is Is. you can't Mm -hmm. you can't tell but I'm literally wearing um nope sweatpants at the moment amazing I mean obviously I'm a fan but a lot of people are you don't you don't get sweatpants of movies that people aren't fans of generally exactly yeah and I'd I'd say that one is probably his most divisive i think yeah 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 mm-hmm. and i yep. get it i mean i'm a sucker for steven yen and aliens oh, and God chimpanzees God. so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, yeah and I, we're not going down the nope rabbit hole i'm i'm 
I'm trying to be good. Love Keith David. Okay. I had to shout him out <laughs> once, at least once. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But oh, God. Someone He's... of his stature to bring in yeah. uh, people who don't have that kind of platform. Yeah. Because unless you're Stephen King, most normies don't really know authors. Right. Yeah. Maybe if Nicholas not... Sparks. In the book world, you're not necessarily, right. they're not household names necessarily. Yeah. Everyone knows who Jordan Peele is. That is right. a household name. Absolutely. Yeah. And this anthology, I mean, literally every story that I was reading, I was like, oh, this is my favorite so far. And then I would read the next one and be like, oh, this is my favorite. And then I'd read the next one and be like, oh my God, is this my favorite? Like they're all top tier incredible stories and it's a great mix of like there were some authors that I was like oh I've read this author before like N.K. Jemison has the first story and I've read her um sci-fi before okay. um but then like there were there were some authors like Tannen Reeve Du who I was like I've seen that name before but I've never read anything by her and reading her story I was like I'm gonna go pick up a book by her right now like it was I love I love an anthology as a way to get like a smorgasbord of authors and yeah. be like who do I like <laughs> and like I loved this one let me go read something else they've written um it's it's such a good like sampler but each story is so valid and rich and incredible in its own right it, yeah it's out there screaming is absolutely incredible and i really 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 hope that he adapts it at some point because i would love to see this as like a tv series where each story gets its own like movie length or like you know 90 minute episode that would because oh my god they're incredible and they're all so different Mm -hmm. And, and like some of them are a little more sci-fi than others. And like some of them are historical and some of them are futuristic and some of them are modern day and, but they're all terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> they're, awesome. cons they're consistent in quality. Yeah. Yeah. It is uh, an absolutely incredible anthology. Let's see what else we got. This book, another uh, debut novel that blew me away was The September House by Carissa Orlando. This book, actually for fans of Grady Hendrix, uh, this is a really, really good one. It's got a okay. little bit of Grady Hendrix vibes in the sense of like, it's a, it's almost a little bit silly. Like it's almost horror comedy, but is very still very grounded within the horror. Like it doesn't go full laugh out loud funny. Um, is it kind of like camp? Like a little bit. Like, it's still okay. very, very horror, but there are moments where you're just like, oh, my God. Okay. So it's this, your main character is this older woman. She has a grown daughter, and uh, she and her husband buy their dream house. It's like her kid's finally out of the house, and she, like, sees this house go up for sale, and she's like, oh, my God, this is the house that I have always wanted but we could never afford because we like had a kid and had to like do all that and now we can finally afford it we don't like this is our chance right so they yeah. buy their dream house 
and they move in and it's perfect except for the ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that'll be a red flag. She, the first line of the first chapter is like, the walls are bleeding again. (laughs) This book, she basically like, she lives in this house with her husband and it's a little bit haunted. And then in September every year, it gets really haunted. Like Mm. all of the ghosts show up and the walls are bleeding and the ghosts are really like just annoyed and angry. And so they're like smashing stuff. And like, it's just, it's just insane in September. Ghost shit. Like, ghost shit. Like, the rest of the year, there's, like, a couple of ghosts, and she has completely learned to live with those ghosts. Like, there's one who's essentially, like, a housemaid, and she just really, like, wants to help out around the house. And so the main character's like, okay, you can make me a cup of tea, and, like, you can, like whatever, yeah. rearrange my cabinets. I don't care. Go for yeah. it. Like, oh, you want to just make me a sandwich? Okay, I'll eat your sandwich. Like, you know, whatever. Why and not? then there's, like, Everyone's there's happy. Like an, everyone's happy. We're like, we're living with it. And then there's like another ghost who she's like, oh yeah, like don't get too close to him. Like if you're, if you're too close, like he will bite you and it will leave this like crazy wound on your arm, but like just stay an arm's length away from him and you're fine. Like, like she's very like, she just normalizes it and she just lives with it. Her husband right. is, he tries to pretend it's not happening. Like he's just ignoring it. And in the beginning of the book, her husband has disappeared, we'll say. She knows something that we don't know. She knows mm. what's going on. We, the reader, don't know what's going on, but we have theories. And her daughter calls and is like, uh, can I talk to dad? And she's like, no, no, he's busy. And she's like, that's weird. He's been busy the last like four times that I've called. And that's that's weird. Um, where's dad? She's like, okay so like he's maybe missing (laughs) and her daughter's like mom i'm coming home what are you talking about now daughter has never been to this house and does not know that it's haunted and so our main character is like how do i hide the fact that my house is haunted from my daughter because if she finds out it's haunted she's gonna make me move and this is my dream house okay (laughs) like so grumpy about it and so you have this amazing story of like this daughter coming in being like we're gonna find dad like what's going on and the and the mother being like all right, all the ghosts have to hide and like she's mopping up the blood on the walls and like trying to keep the house cold. Like funny, absurd, but also like the whole book as a whole is 100% a metaphor for domestic abuse and the and the way that people and usually women, but not always women, will normalize their lives with their abusive partner um, and will go to great lengths to hide it from people. And, and kind of, it is, it is very much an allegory um, for that. And, and it's beautiful and it's really, really deep and it goes places that you're not expecting. And it is scary in the ghosts are like, there are times when I was, I was reading it and I was like sitting like, at my kitchen table, like eating and reading. And I 
was like paralyzed with fear, not from what was happening on the page, but from what I was like, oh, I think I know what's about to happen. And that's terrifying. Like I was scared from mm. like future book. Like it was <laughs> the <laughs> writing is amazing. And yeah, this book completely blew me away. Like I you know, like when you open it up and you're like, the walls are bleeding again. I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. And by the end, I was like, oh, my God, I want her to write 10 hundred books. <laughs> <laughs> and you said uh, you said that one was uh, a debut. It's a debut. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. And I believe uh, the author, Carissa, she works with I'm going to get this wrong, but she she does sort of like therapy and and works with like abused people and and she has a background in that and i'm completely forgetting what her actual job title is but but she has she has experience in in that area and so she absolutely infused this book with that and like and it's like not a secret like you're reading it you're like oh i get it it's a metaphor (laughs) like oh yeah like it's not a secret it is absolutely about abusive relationships and uh, and the horrors within that. Um, but but set in a very scary and also fun ghost story. Like it's great. It's great. That's she doesn't cool. love a haunted house. Like it's fun. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Let's see another one that I abs. Oh God, this book. This book. Here's another one that took me by surprise. Mister Magic by Kirsten White. Now, Kirsten White has written so so many books she she writes ya she writes sci-fi she writes fantasy she apparently writes horror um, she's <laughs> all over the place and this book think of the weird nostalgic uncanny valley vibes of like 90s public television programming for children like barney and- like even weirder, but yes. Okay. It's that. It's, so it's the, there was this show that was for kids and it was one of those like public access, like public broadcasting shows mm-hmm. that there's this collective memory of this show. There's this collective nostalgia, like everyone of a certain age like remembers watching this show when they were like homesick from school or whatever they're like in the afternoon they turn it on it's always on right and they they all have this memory of this show and they all have this memory of the show ending and something happened when it ended like there was like an incident and then it ended and just was never heard from again and there's like there's like one wikipedia page about it and the only thing it lists is like the name of the show and the names of the kids who are on the show and nothing else like no Mm. producer director like writers nothing and there will be like reddit threads that will pop up like hey does anyone else remember this show like i'm trying to find like clips of it online i can't find anything about this show and like people will be like yeah, there's nothing on YouTube. There's no clips anywhere. Like there's no info besides this one Wikipedia page. And then like that Reddit thread will disappear. And cut to there's going to be a reunion, a cast reunion 
of the kids from the show all grown up years later. It's like 20 years mm-hmm. later on a podcast. Um, nice. And the the main character of this book was apparently on this show and has no memory of it. Oh, and, wow. And the, the fellow castmates like approach her and are like, you know, hey, do you want to be on this podcast? She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I have no memory of this. But she like out of curiosity or what have you, like just kind of goes. She's like, I they they're like things get said that she's like, why do you know that about me? Why do you know that about my family? What do you mean when you say this? Like, there's no way like, hold on, something something's not right. And she like talks to a member of her uh, family who confirms a few things and she's like oh i've been like hidden from the world like she grew up on this ranch with like basically no internet no like outside anything Mm -hmm. and she's like why so she decides to go to this cast reunion and things get nuts (laughs) let's go it's so crazy and so like the whole thing is so like uncanny valley like it's just mm-hmm. it's just weird and it's so good. Yeah, it's a really fun read. It's really spooky and just like it just I kept just thinking about like that weird like when you you like would turn on like PBS at like four in the afternoon and there would just be like a weird show on and you're just like what is this (laughs) what's happening right now and like yeah it is yeah so great um this sounds really like right up my alley yeah i loved it a lot is is really fun she has another book that i really really liked that came out a few years ago called hide i might have talked about it last year on the podcast but it's like um hunger games for adults set in an abandoned amusement park with real monsters that sounds baller yeah yeah she's great <laughs> she's also amazing written, concepts like, yeah she's written um books within like the buffy the vampire slayer world like she's got a couple of slayer books like she's she's all over the place and i adore her <laughs> she's great that's awesome yeah so that's a super super fun one okay this uh this book this is the one that came out at the end of uh 2022 but i i don't think i had read it yet when we recorded last year this book is called all hallows by christopher golden if you want just like an awesome halloween book this is that awesome halloween book weirdly a lot of horror doesn't actually take place around halloween this one does it takes place on halloween night and uh it's a group of kids who are trick-or-treating And they come across this little kid who looks kind of lost and he's like dressed as like, uh, you know, like he's dressed like he's from a different century. And they're like, what are you supposed to be? And he just seems really confused and lost. And they're like, "Okay, we're going to find your parents. And what ensues is a a crazy uh, monster adventure (laughs) because He's not a modern kid dressed up as a kid from a different century. He's from a different time and he's running from something. And that something is now chasing all of them. It is it is spooky, but not too spooky. Like it has like that kind of like fun 
horror vibe. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like it's it's a little bit like Goonies, but horror. And it's great. It's totally just like the kids versus everything else. So it has like it vibes of like mm-hmm. the kids, you know, on their bicycles, just like, we're going to go fight the monster. <laughs> um, it's wicked fun. Nice. And uh, Chris Golden is amazing. Um, I just read he has one coming out uh, in a couple weeks, actually. So it'll it might be out by the time this podcast comes goes out. But um, and that one is called the the House of Last Resort. Um, and that one is, I mean, ooh, a modern a, a modern exorcism tale set in Italy with corpses teeming with rats and 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 ghosts in the shadows and demons in the catacombs and like it's a wild ride (laughs) it's great Chris Golden has been writing forever he's awesome he's actually he's a New England author uh and a friend of mine now which is delightful that's Um, awesome yeah and it is yeah so All Hallows super super fun I feel like it unfortunately flew under the radar a little bit last year Mm -hmm. and so i'm hoping to to get it in more hands this year because uh i think it's a really fun one properly spooky like the the monsters and like the the baddies are like pretty spooky uh yeah it's some some good horror some good body horror uh and uh some some delightfully incompetent adults just the way you like it (laughs) (laughs) is great um so that's a fun one another one that um i really really loved this one fever house by keith rossin which is the beginning of a series i think it's going to be a trilogy i believe and it is a like a like a devil story it's like devil horror, um, but not okay. in like a not necessarily a possession kind of way, but in like a there's an evil hand and it makes you evil if you uh, get too close to it. <laughs> like, oh, it's like a okay. like a hand of glory kind of scenario. Yeah. So it almost has like police procedural vibes, but set in a horror novel. And it's people like trying to track down this hand and put it back where it's supposed to be. (laughs) (laughs) And meanwhile, there's people just straight up like slaughtering other people because they got too close to the hand and they're under its influence. And it's great. And and. As the novel goes on, you find out that there's like, there's a hand, there's an eye, and I want to say the last one is a tongue, maybe? Uh, And and they are like these things of the devil. And Mm. um, and so each book will follow a different uh, thing. And uh, it's great. It's a romp. It is it is a devilish romp. And it's really, really fun. Yeah, I liked I liked that one a lot. I'm going to talk about Spin a Black Yarn by Josh Mallerman. Um, <gasps> I love him. I love Josh. He's Josh, a buddy. Josh has been on this show before because of you. He has. He sure uh, has. <laughs> and thank you for getting us together because uh, as listeners, if you guys remember last year, I did like a little uh, Spartans in horror. So like a little tribute to a bunch of horror people from Michigan State into celebrating both horror and Michigan state. And obviously Josh Mallerman is a fellow Spartan, just like yeah. myself. So we really, we really, uh, I think we both had a really good time. Cause he was only supposed to be on for like 20, 30 minutes. And I'm, mm-hmm. 
he and I talked for a long time until he was like, I, I actually have to leave for the thing I'm supposed to go to now. Otherwise I would keep talking. So, but he's, he's, he's awesome. Best. I love him. I'm a um, fan. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. And so he's got a new book of novellas out called Spin a Black Yarn. And they're all super super good they're all super unique one of them is actually like sci-fi horror which i thought was really fun then he kind of delved into the sci-fi a little bit oh um, nice yeah and uh it's just i mean if you like josh mallerman you will like spin a black yarn you know what i mean like it's it's very <laughs> it's it's different from he's got another book that i'm a hundred percent certain i talked about last time which is goblin which is also a book of novellas but in Goblin, all of those novellas are tied together. They all happen simultaneously um, on the same like rainy, gross night in this town of Goblin. This book, they do all take place in, they're all tied to the town next to Goblin, which is Sam Hatton. But that's about it. That's that's sort of the only like you're not you're not going to necessarily have like characters that show up in various novellas or anything like that. Um, so it's it's more of like just an anthology of his novellas, which is really fun. Um, it's a great collection, and uh, yeah, they're they're all like really unique and really good and. Again, like every single one that I read, I was like, oh, this one's my favorite. No, wait, this one's my favorite. <laughs> like I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't pick a favorite. I was like, these were all really good. Uh, so that was that was fun. And like he's got he's so prolific. He has another book coming out in June called Incidents Around the House, which is a horror novel from the perspective of a little girl. I can't wait. I can't wait. I haven't read it yet, but Everyone I know who's read it, like all of the people who got like early copies are like, mm -hmm. this might be the scariest thing he's ever written. And I'm like, oh, I'm oh, so excited. Cool. I'm so excited. The book that I was thinking of earlier um, is called The Militia House. It's by uh, John Milas or Milas. And this is a book that I would not normally have picked up. But I got an early copy of it and I saw Clay McLeod Chapman actually was raving about it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> it is military horror. It's set in like Afghanistan, like during the war. <laughs> and this soldier, I, I can't remember if he's a Marine. I think he's a Marine. No, I think he's. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, but uh, but he's he's like stationed in this spot, and it, you know it's, it's supposed to be kind of like a chill time, right? Like there's not like yeah. a lot of active stuff happening, but there's like a like a legend that uh this this house, this kind of like abandoned station, um, on mm -hmm. the base is haunted, and so he and some of his uh, fellow uh, soldiers or Marines go investigating and oh my god crazy things happen and <laughs> this is the type of book that you will finish it and you'll be like I don't know what just happened I don't know what to believe I don't know what was true am I really here where am I what's happening what what did I just read? Like it, and it just like spirals and is just, it's 
insane and it's so so good and the author is ex-military like he what he was in afghanistan and so he pulled mm. from a lot of like real yeah. um stuff and it's very much like there's a lot of like ptsd and and right. stuff in this novel and yeah it's great again like i i would not normally have picked it up it's like not usually my vibe but um it was awesome <laughs> it was really really good that's that, that sounds really interesting and I'm going to be careful because this is this could easily turn into a half hour tangent. And I, <laughs> it's really interesting because you're right. There's not a lot of military or wartime horror, no. which doesn't make sense because war is one of the most horrific things. Yes. Yes. Yep. And a lot of war movies, especially before the 90s, well, I guess the 80s, maybe, with mm -hmm. like Apocalypse Now and Full Metal Jacket and movies like in Platoon, movies like that. But before the 70s and the 80s, a lot of war movies, especially American ones, were very like hoorah and yeah. propaganda, basically. Yeah. And I mean, now war movies kind of do a better job showing the horrors like like Saving Private Ryan mm -hmm. usually comes to mind. Mm -hmm. But as far as like actual military and horror, they're really isn't a lot yeah it, i i was surprised that i was reading military horror for two reasons one being like i'm not usually one to read like military-based books it's just like right. not it's not usually what i'm drawn to I'm, i have nothing against it it's just not usually what i pick yeah. up but also i was surprised that i was like wait military horror like i'm surprised by this like i i couldn't think of another one off the top of my head which i really can't think of I'm, okay, there must I'm be some movies. out there, but... I'm not yeah. thinking of books. I'm thinking of movies. The first one that comes to mind is funny because I we just talked about it. Predator. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that one's a lot of different things. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, military is a big part. I guess they're mercenaries, but they're all like ex-military and they're being used by the CIA. Yeah. So the military is like a big part of that movie's um essence and then there's dog soldiers which is a okay. fantastic yeah. film by yeah. neil marshall i think it's scottish uh early 2000s it's basically predator with werewolves nice love that i'm trying really hard and of course we'll think of more when we're done recording of you course know? yeah the listeners are like pounding their dashboard exactly. like i can't believe one apology exactly <laughs> i mean aliens I, aliens kind of sure, yeah a little bit but like i feel like these are stretches like they they don't really it, go into the horrors of being in the military and that's the thing is like i do feel like there's often the trope of the ex-military person in a horror scenario but yeah. this is an active duty in afghanistan horror novel and i found that incredible and it's really good it's really really good very trippy very weird and uh yeah the kind of book that like does not let you go when you finish it you're like wait what <laughs> it's great that sounds um, yeah that sounds awesome yeah so that's the militia house Highly recommend that one. That one was great. A couple others that uh, since I pulled up my list here, I was like, oh, God, yeah, these ones. <laughs> um, <laughs> so one of them is uh, Night's Edge by Liz Karen. This is 
a really cool modern vampire story that has kind of like noir vibes almost. And it's also like a mother-daughter story. And also the main character works in a bookstore, which is really fun. Um, Yeah. Is that relatable? A little bit. (laughs) Um, so that was fun. Really good. Really bloody. Uh, it's, it's great. Mm, Um, and that is also the start of a series. She's got another one coming out, I think this year. Um, very excited for, so I loved that one. Camp Damascus by Chuck Tingle. Oh my God. I absolutely adored this book. It is, um, it's queer horror. It is set in a a conversion camp like a conversion like summer camp and it's there's these horrifying monsters but also it's like again what's worse the monsters or the humans right uh, right the people running the conversion camp yeah demons and it's so cathartic chuck tingle is a queer autistic writer and Mm -hmm. he took great great care in the subject matter of this book it is really good it's scary but it's again like really cathartic and it's like horror adventure summer camp and like you're just rooting for all of the queer characters and it's a blast really really fun really good one uh and he's got another book coming out this summer called bury your gaze uh which mm. i have no idea what it's about but i'm very excited for it he's an amazing <laughs> author and then another one uh that came out at the end of last summer was looking glass sound by katrina ward she's written a bunch of amazing horror novels um last house on needless street uh sundial she's got a bunch and uh this one is she's really good to read if you're like super chill with really bad things happening to children read cat ward that's <laughs> yeah uh, uh okay. yeah yeah, yeah. Her, I, that's what that's a way to put it <laughs> yeah her uh the kids in her books are never safe <laughs> <laughs> that is fair that is good to know <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah looking glass sound like is it kind of takes like it's like a childhood friendship and like mystery and like a murder and then you like are in like modern day and you're like wait what happened and so you're kind of Mm. bouncing back and forth and like piecing it all together and yeah it's uh i like i like stuff like that yeah super super good a couple other uh queer horror novels uh that all came out last year two of them by the same author uh because nice. she's just endlessly prolific allison rumfit wrote both uh tell me i'm worthless and Brainworms. allison rumfit writes really gorgeously disturbing trans horror Tell Me I'm Worthless is kind of a haunted house book, sort of. Um, but like the haunted house is fascism, kind of. Uh, <laughs> that sounds sure. that that sounds like it needs to be a book title. Yep, yep, yep. And then uh her other one, Brainworms, which is uh B-R-A-I-N-W-Y-R-M-S. Uh if you don't already have a 
fear of parasites, you might by the end of this book. Good to know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, major trigger warnings with Alison Rumfitt's books, um, but which is, I guess, kind of true for any horror novel. Like, look up trigger warnings before you delve in because it's yeah. horror, you know, whatever. Um, and but- horror horror media of any kind is going to push different yeah different lines different buttons like some don't care about lines at all others are very conscious of it yeah like if any of you guys listening saw when evil lurks yeah oh so good fantastic film that's not one i would recommend to everyone right because there are trigger warnings with that one yeah. For, for sure, especially lines being like crossed. Yeah. So obviously, like check trigger warnings, but her her book it her books are like trans folks are going through it, right? Yeah. They always have been, but especially right now with like all of the legislation that's happening, and her books are grappling with uh being trans and what that looks like in this world and putting it into a horror situation and and pulling in supernatural or what have you um and it's graphic and awesome they're amazing they're so well written i will literally read anything that Alison rumfit writes i will just give it to me i will take it like it's she's amazing and then another uh amazing queer horror novel is Everything the Darkness Eats by Eric LaRocca, who is another New England author. I uh, <laughs> I was chatting with Eric at uh, a horror event so, uh, like a couple years ago and mentioned that I was from Gibson's and he was like, oh, I used to go to Gibson's all the time. Like he grew up like right near here. And he's like, oh, I used to go to Gibson's while I was waiting for my therapy appointment to start. And I was like, <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> um, Eric writes really beautiful short stories within mm-hmm. horror, like really gorgeous horror novellas and collections of short stories. Um, I'm reading uh, their upcoming one right now, and it is so dark and so good. Everything the Darkness Eats is Eric's only full-length novel, I believe, so far. And it is, ooh, it is, it is visceral. And there's um many different facets to it. So there's like there's the the part of it where like what if you took a town and just like injected it with a ton of homophobia and just like let everyone run wild? Uh and like sent them to like the gay kid's house like what would happen so there's that there's like you know evil cops and and stuff like that but then there's also like maybe an actual deity in in a basement <laughs> that as is, as you would find like, summoned and maybe sacrificed to uh you know um it's great it's super short but like eric packs so much into it that like when i finish it i was like well, I kind of want to read that again just to make sure I got everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Really, really good. Let's see. What else? Ooh, uh, actually, for fans of Nightmare on Elm Street, I have a book for you. It's called The Edge of Sleep. 
it's um it's sort of a group effort it's got like three authors uh jake emmanuel willie block and jason Gurley. this uh book is absolutely a love letter to nightmare on elm street there is some sort of thing happening whether it's a a virus or something that was caused by you know like who knows cell phones whatever where uh all of a sudden out of the blue people start to if they fall asleep that's it they die instantly i think i think there's like a six seconds and then they die and you are following a group of people who are fighting sleep to try to either figure out what's happening and stop it or get to like a hospital or somewhere where they can like announce what's happening or whatever. But the whole thing is so tense because they're trying not to fall asleep. And it's that like you have that feeling of like, you know, you're driving on the highway and you're like slapping your own face and you've got the window down and your radio's blasting and you still keep like nodding off. Like you're, you know, your eyes are dry and you're just like, it's that vibe the whole way through. It's awesome. It's really good. The um, book's awesome. The feeling's not awesome at all. The but feeling the is awesome. terrible. The book is awesome. <laughs> um, it what a romp. What a wild ride. It's great. There's a there's like a ton of others that came out last year. Uh, Nestlings by Nat Cassidy is an amazing like New York based vampire story parental horror uh (laughs) amazing the spite house is another like haunted house black horror amazing amazing book yeah so so many so many books came out last year uh lone women by victor laval i forgot that came it's talking about black horror that's another Mm -hmm. historical horror with like vampire-esque creatures that can fly and it's set on like a prairie and like, yeah <laughs> just like amazing like really really good stuff came out last year i will say uh one of the ones i want to talk about is 101 horror books to read before you're murdered by sadie hartman she is mother horror on all social media and she compiled uh this book of just 101 really really awesome horror novels um oh nice she's she's coming out with another one that i believe will be all uh female authors which i'm super stoked about i actually have a copy of this book and i have been using it as a horror author yearbook and i've been having authors sign their page uh oh that's awesome which is really fun so i will just say like there's there's you know if you're looking for more good lists of horror there are a ton out there but i really trust sadie's opinions um so that's a really good one um and then one last one which is like i'd be remiss if i didn't talk about dracula (laughs) 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 dracula daily this is a thing that happened uh during the pandemic Mm-hmm. where um this guy Matt Kirkland dis- realized that um because Dracula is an epistolary novel meaning it is told through like letters and journal entries that are dated um and and it all takes place in a you know like I forget it's like a 9 month period or whatever he realized that you could read Dracula daily chronologically like on 
those dates. Um, mm-hmm. And so he started a like a newsletter that would uh, send you the uh, chunk of text from the Dracula novel on the corresponding day so that you'd be reading Dracula in real time. And and this newsletter just like blew up all of my coworkers. We all signed up for it in like whatever, 2020 or 2021 when he launched it. And, uh, you know, we'd all come in and be like, did you read the Dracula Daily today? Like, you know, and it's fun because in the in the original novel, there's the whole like Voyage of the Demeter section, which is told as like a flashback, like later in the novel. But in Dracula Daily, he slotted those in chronologically so you actually get it like simultaneously what's happening on the ship and what's happening at dracula's castle simultaneously super super fun he bound this into a book and included memes that the internet came up with about (laughs) like as people were following along with Dracula Daily, they were creating really funny memes about like Jonathan Harker and like Lucy and like all these, all the characters and like modernizing them. Um, and so the book has like commentary from the internet, basically. And we uh, we did an event with him at the store and it was packed. The amount of people who showed up for this silly little dracula book um that's delightful i was so excited um he had like a slideshow and yeah cracking up like it was just so much fun it's crazy that the world just has so much love for dracula still yeah Yeah. because the book is over a hundred years old i'm so old (laughs) the the bella lugosi film is 90 it yeah it's had its 90th anniversary i believe it came out 31 yeah so it'll be 100 it'll be 100 soon soon. so um yeah and And... i didn't know this book came out so there's this huge dracula book there's two big universal produced movies in renfield and last voyage of the demeter which were very different Mm -hmm. and i i liked them Coincidentally, I rewatched Renfield earlier today. I love Renfield. <laughs> it was such <laughs> so a fun. fun. Nicholas Cage was a great choice. Oh, the perfect choice. Yeah, he was and, having so much fun, you could tell. And there's a line said by um horror fan favorite Jenna Cannell from Terrifier. Mm-hmm. And she just goes, how is my life? My life is like a never ending hallway of fun house mirrors. But all the clowns are me. that's awesome that's so good and i'm just like same yeah what a mood (laughs) but um but yeah i i think it's incredible that frankenstein oh my god dracula i don't know why (laughs) my brain just did that those old school monsters well i've been on a frankenstein kick recently now i guess i'm starting a dracula kick and i'm gonna get this book because i need it it's so good it's so fun. And it's like it it honestly just makes Dracula easier to read um, because it's in these <laughs> bite-sized chunks. <laughs> and there's and there's commentary that like modernizes it in a way. Like you have like our modern language, someone saying something the way we talk, talking about what's happening in the novel, and you're like, 
oh, that actually really puts it in perspective for me. Like that yeah. actually really helps, which is, which is great. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, I love Dracula daily and the newsletter is ongoing. It restarts every year on that's cool. Um, it's the first day. I think it starts in, hold on, I can tell you May 3rd. So every May 3rd, you get your, your first little Dracula email with Jonathan Harker's diary. And, uh, and it just goes all the way through to like November, I think it is. It's super fun. And, uh, and it's just a great way to reacquaint yourself with Dracula, whether you've read the novel or, or you haven't. Dracula Daily is a, a fun way to ingest it. <laughs> That's awesome. I love how we started this list of book recommendations with, I'd say, a horror. I'd say a, he's a fan favorite author in Grady Hendrix mm-hmm. in the classic haunted house style of storytelling and then ending it with just fan favorite Dracula mm-hmm. <laughs> and the classic classic horror novel our old buddy Dracula <laughs> it, it really don't get more iconic than Dracula it's true it's true yep so and and I would say, like, if there's anybody who, like, tried to read Dracula, like, in high school or college and, like, couldn't get into it for whatever reason, like, I see you, I get it, try Dracula Daily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that might do it for you. Memes always help. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> this has been another amazing, fun conversation. Yeah. It's always a... Always a blast having you on, so. Best. And I'm sure like every other reader, I have so many books that I want. My only problem is which one am I going to like seek out first? I mean, that's the struggle, man. That's why I read like six books at a time because I can't choose. (laughs) (laughs) That is fair. That is fair enough. So for people who are hearing your voice for the first time, where can they find your podcast in you? Absolutely. Yes. So um, my podcast is The Laydown Podcast, and we are available wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, I am a I am a bookseller and uh They call me the queen of scream of Gibson's bookstore and you can find me and all my stuff right there at Gibson's. Um, My personal staff picks page is gibsonsbookstore.com slash Ryan, R-Y-A-N. My curated horror list can be found at gibsonsbookstore.com slash horror. I made it really easy for you guys. Um, and then uh, the podcast um, can be found at gibsonsbookstore.com slash laydown dash podcast. Real easy. And in case you guys need it even easier, I'll have all of those links in the show description. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> we got you guys. We got you. <laughs> We got you. We're going to make it real easy to find (laughs) all of the things. And I will say my bookstore, we are in New Hampshire, but we ship literally anywhere. Uh, So please buy books from me, especially if they're horror novels. It makes my day. I see the orders come through. I see the order comments. I get real excited when uh, people buy books from me and my store. So yeah, do that. (laughs) Yes. 
All righty. That's, this has been a blast. Thank you so much. And I can't wait until I hear all the 2024 books I should read in yes. 2025. It's a yearly ah, thing. There's the already tradition. so many good ones. There's already so many good ones. <laughs> it's January 9th. I know, but I've read so many. I've read I'm, so I That's awesome. I finished a book the other day that doesn't come out till October. That's awesome. You're and, in for a uh, treat, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's going to be one heck of a year. <laughs> mm-hmm. It sure is. <laughs> All righty. Thank you so much. This has been great. Thanks, Austin. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Thanks again to Ryan for joining me today and for introducing us to some great horror books from 2023. Can't wait to have her on again this time next year to show us the awesome horror books from 2024. If you like this show, please let me know. Leave a review and rate on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to this show. Also, feel free to interact with me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you're most comfortable. It may not seem like a lot, but trust me, every single like, share, comment, follow, all of that stuff really helps this podcast to grow and to keep us going. And, you know, feel free to let me know how I'm doing. What do you like about the show? What are some areas I can improve? Guests you'd like me to have on? Monsters or topics you want me to talk about? I'm very open to what you guys want to hear, so please let me know. Let me know how I'm doing. I really appreciate that sort of thing. A reminder, I just became an affiliate for Fangoria, one of the premier brands in horror. I definitely recommend checking out their magazine and even subscribing. And if you decide to do that, don't forget to use the promo code WOULDYOUDIESHOW for 20% off your entire order. That is promo code WOULDYOUDIESHOW for 20% off your entire order. You can find the show's social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at WOULDYOUDIESHOW. And you can also follow me on TikTok at Would You Die Podcast. Would You Die is a partner with the Three Wise Men Media, a Metro Detroit-based group of awesome guys, Kyle, Tyler, and Dylan. They've been on this show a few times. You, They bring you professional wrestling, indie comic books, and so much more. The music you hear in the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend Josie Palmer, And Josie and I just completed the score for my next short film, my next horror short film, Spider. So I'm really excited about that. You guys are going to love this new score. It's great. Next week, we are not entirely sure, to be perfectly honest. I need to figure that out. I got episodes recorded. I don't know. I, I know which one it is. It's going to be... A newer movie we're talking about. A very new movie we're talking about. And it's a little out of this world. It was one of my favorites of last year. That's going to be a fun episode to listen to. Until next time, I'm Austin Torres. Try not to die. <laughs>